Hello folks and welcome to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. My name is Graham Stevens and I really hope that I can bring a smile to your face. Why do only fools and old work Hello there, and welcome back. Sir William Connolly, CBE, is a Scottish actor, artist, retired comedian, musician and presenter. He is sometimes known, especially in his homeland, by the Scots nickname The Big Yin, The Big One, known for his idiosyncratic and often improvised observational comedy, frequently including strong language. Billy Connolly is regarded as one of the greatest and most influential stand-up comedians of all time, having topped many polls conducted in the United Kingdom. On the 24th of November this year, he was 79. So in celebration of that, here is Billy Cobham. Now, as most of you probably realise, I do my act, or most of my act, in a Glasgow accent. Now, it's not because I like the Glasgow accent, really. It's because I've great difficulty doing any other kind of accent. (laughs) This is true. And if we have any tourists in, for like Mulgay, Edinburgh, I think we better explain a wee bit of Glasgow accent so she can get used to it. And I could do it with this wee story. There was a young Glasgow chap. And he was trying to phone his girlfriend. And he was in a great deal of trouble. He's going, oh, hey, come on, oh, hello. I'm saying hello, oh, hey, hey. So he's in this terrible trouble. So he dialed the operator. He says, hello. He says, hello, it's the operator now. Oh. And she says, yeah. It is, well, we are man, you know what I mean? I'm trying to phone that daft bird of mine, you know what I mean? Putting money in the press, not the daft buttons, now, nah. no. I'm losing a plate out of gara here, you know what I mean? I'm going to go right ahead. Do you use people? Something should be done about you people. Hanging's too good for you people. No kidding. It's a good kick in the arse you need, you know what I mean? Press not even buttons like right, I'm kind of good, right? I'm lost in the place on the gara here, you know what I mean? She says, now just take it easy, sir, take it easy. Now look, is, is, is there money in the is there money in the box? She says, no, I'm in here myself. <laughs> I knew that we'd get that thing. I'll just get tore in in that, no. As you probably know, everybody in Glasgow is called Jimmy. <laughs> Even the women. Hey, <laughs> uh, Jim, oh, hey. And because of the, the, the sort of throwback of Gaelic in the language, they don't say the A and Jimmy until a wee bit later. Go, hello, hey, who? Hey, Jim, ho, hey. <laughs> and the more drunk they get, the longer it takes to say Jimmy. It's, uh, oh. 
Because I've been singing in folk clubs for a long time, and to be quite genuine, I'm fed up with them. <laughs> I'm a wee bit fed up. I, I like playing in the clubs, and some of them are great, but I'm fed up with some of the groups about the place. They all sing the same songs, especially the Wild Rover. All these people, everywhere you go, there's four pullovers singing the Wild Rover. <laughs> you know. Everywhere you go, there are civil servants too. They wouldn't know a wild rover if they met one in their suit. No. So when I made this sort of change into the cabaret and social club circuit, I thought it would be a, quite a refreshing change, but I discovered they've got the same problem. They sing the same songs all the time as well. So there's just the different songs, you know. We have here a wee a wee song that says more about it. That's my cabaret way of playing. <laughs> was three months in front of the Lord of Mirror getting that right. <laughs> I like to sing James Taylor's songs and songs by Carol King. I even sing John Murphy's songs I'll sing anything But when I sing in social clubs Just one thing sickens me A wee drunk woman staggers up And this is what she says to me Hey Jimmy! Gonna give us ten guitars Her face has got a dozen battle scars Oh, I must have sang that song in a thousand bars All out here Oh, I'm really getting sick of ten guitars I yodel quite a lot now I've never really been the same since I was in a music shop in Glasgow And I was going through the songbooks and I found a Hank Williams one and it's probably the funniest thing that's ever happened to me in my life and I would advise you to go and look through the books as well because when there's a song with yodeling in it they write the yodel in the book it's great yodel you go die diddle o yodel oddle o hi ho hey I like doing it like that as well Guitars were made for rock and roll I know this kind of trash Give me a song with Stephen Stills Or even Johnny Cash But just when I start out To sing some nice sweet melody The same wee woman donners up this is what she says to me. Hey, Jimmy, oh, come on! Give us 
ten guitars. It's a thing then anyway. A peasant's court, a thousand battle scars. Oh, I must have sang that song in a thousand bars. Yodel and Lionel Hall. Oh, really? Getting sick of ten guitars. Oh, look at me, mommy, I'm dancing. <laughs> oh, if I could get my horns on that big bam pot humperdain, I'd rip his tonsils out his throat and I'd stuff them doing the same. Oh, I wish he never sang that song Or maybe something else instead I'd love to take his ten guitars And smash them out his head You take so hard, Jimmy, come on Here's his ten guitars Probably a Protestant anyway <laughs> has got a million battle scars. Oh, I must have sang that song in a thousand bars. Oh, you're lonely, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm really getting sick of ten guitars. Oh, I'd love to break the strings on his ten guitars. very much. I'd like to do a tune now on my banjo. Well, several tunes really. And uh, I learned these when I was at school. And particularly at the music lessons, I hated school and the bit I hated most was music. I think it's getting more and more apparent in my playing, you know. <laughs> but uh, I hated my music teacher. She was bloody terrible. She was a psychopath. Totally addicted to Mary's wedding. Every music lesson we got, Mary's wedding. Oh, sitting there with big holes in your jumper. Your wellies on. Snotters blinding you. Singing Step We Gaily on me. <laughs> it was a nice scruffy school. Yeah, the, the uniform was wellies. Really? She oh, it was terrible. She believed in all the modern teaching methods, you know. Like grabbing you by the back of the neck. <laughs> smashing your nose off a desk. <laughs> you had to sing all the time. Stand the gaily, on we go! <laughs> it really was terrible. But she had a special trick, a special technique. She used to divide the class into four sections. And you all sang Mary's Wedding at different times. 
So we rehearsed for about a year on, on three blind mice, just to get it right. And then came the big day, Mary's wedding for the school concert, you know. She started it with a row who sat at the window. That was all the Brill Cream crowd, you know. <laughs> Clean shirts, and their shorts all pressed, badges on their blazers, and all that. They were always top of the class or second or run about there. And that was the easiest bit of the song. The first bit, oh, step for no problem, you know. And there's no competition. And the second row, they were, they, were, they were something the same, quite clever. You're usually fourth or fifth, up to tenth in the class, you know, or sitting around there. They, they were quite smart, but a wee bit scruffy. I was in the third row in the front seat. That was a sort of stupid but savable, you know. <laughs> And the fourth row, well, they were a joke, you know. <laughs> they were already singing something else, anyway. It was the rejects, you know. <laughs> the high forehead and the big stick with an ailment. <laughs> they used to sit and day things to each other all day. You know, they didn't get lessons or anything. <laughs> She'd beat the teachers up if she taught them anything. She'd sit and squeeze each other's boils. Uh oh, squeeze up. Wally the boil sucker sat in that row. He was a terrible he was an evil. Oh, what a man he was. He was born when he was 22, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there dirty things all the time. Him, do you want to see my Wally? The place is in an uproar. Teachers jumping out windows. Now. Even the pigeons were fear of this guy. You know, but she's 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 a throw. <laughs> She used to throw raw meat up to the back seat to keep him quiet, you know. He's the only guy I ever met. He'd mince in his play piece. He's got a right bear, you know. <laughs> but anyway, the first... <laughs> she said, right class, and the first row would get beasted into it. Step for gay lay on we go, and away they'd step into the distance. And the second row were waiting, and they usually got it right, because it's easy when you're second as well, you know. It's all... Oh, for Mary's wet. Step, revolve, step, revolve. Do you know, they were okay. But by the time it came my turn, somebody had spoken to me. <laughs> and I forgot who'd started the song. And I was all confused. Step, we gate, no, no, no. Step, 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 we no, no, no. Step, we gate, gate, step, we gate, step, we gate. Sing, Conley, oh, step, we gate, on we go. <laughs> this time the fourth row were singing. You can roll a silver dollar. <laughs> That's true. But in every other music lesson, we got a thing called musical appreciation. And that meant she played Mary's Wedding on the piano, and you didn't need to sing. It's very good. But it's even harder to appreciate, you know. <laughs> she played several tunes. 
leading up to Mary's wedding. And in the one just before Mary's wedding, she would lean over the piano and make sure everybody was appreciating. She'd say, Conley, appreciate! I mean, what do you do? You know, appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. But she was kind of fat, you know, sort of big bosomed. When she leant over, she used to make mistakes because she couldn't see. Because half her body was playing the tune, you see. But the, I'd, like, I'd like to play the, 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 the tunes that she played on Musical Appreciation Day. The first one's called Campbell's Farewell to the Red Castle. That's fair enough, like, no. <laughs> the second one's A Soldier's Joy, which was my pet name for her anyway, you know. <laughs> the third one's Mary's Wedding. And we're a bit of luck, the fourth one will be Mary's Wedding as well. But the soldier's joy was when she started to look at the class because she was getting ready for Mary's wedding. See if you can spot the deliberate mistake. <laughs> None of that stamping and clapping in here. <laughs> if you want to try out your new wellies, you date in a puddle. <laughs> Aye, mm, I know your type. <laughs>
this story basically is true. The first part is definitely true, and I'll just explain it to you. I was playing in a club in Edinburgh, and when I came off stage, I met a girl I knew. She's a nurse from Edinburgh. And uh, she said, oh, that was smashing. <laughs> and I said, thanks very much. She said, oh, I wish I was a folk thinger. <laughs> Why did he want to say, I wish I was a nurse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, that's fair enough, you know? <laughs> but we were talking away, and the conversation was getting awful boring, you know? Like, oh, the nights are fair drawn in. And it's an awful nip in the air. And I'm saying, aye, very good, aye. <laughs> so I thought I'd cheer the conversation up a bit. And I said, nurse, eh? Ooh, 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 ooh. She says, uh, aye. I says, you must see some freaks, eh? <laughs> Hope she'd tell me about people with three bums and all that. <laughs> But she says, oh, I would see, oh, dear, oh, do we not see them? I said, well, come on! She said, well, and she told me a story about a guy they found in the street at Kerstorfen in Edinburgh. It's on Princess Street before it's called Princess Street. <laughs> Along at the zoo, there are some bungalows, and that's Kerstorfen. It's sort of spam belt of Edinburgh. <laughs> And they found this guy on the grass. Somebody had phoned up the hospital and said, could you come and take this chap away? He's lying in the grass verge. <laughs> and I think he's terribly injured. Could you please come and take him away fast? Because judging by his clothes, he's working class and he's frightening the kids, you know. <laughs> so this ambulance drew up and they poured this poor creature in to the ambulance. And I way up to the hospital put him in a bed, started battering blood into him at one end and it was scooshing all over the place. <laughs> Squirting out all the holes in his body. There was bits missing and fingers and big holes in him. So the blood was going all over the place and they were getting really distressed because it was going to the curtains and the floor. <laughs> the nurses were slipping and dropping all the gear and swearing and oh, panic. And the doctor was saying, well, would you make it out, Tam? That's another doctor. He said, well, I don't know, Alec. Say, well, Jinx Crivens, help my ball. <laughs> That's all I can say for that. He said, I know. He said, well, I'll tell you something, Ali. It's not assault and battery. He said, how do you make that out, Tam? She said, to assault and batter a man to that degree, you'd have to kneel on his belly button, batter him with a hammer for a fortnight, and then a good rub down with sandpaper. <laughs> but while they were chatting away there, the guy snuffed it. Dead, gone, forever. And they said, oh, I wonder who he is. So they opened up his jacket, and it was a Spanish label on his jacket. And judging by the extent of his injuries and the Spanish label, they said it was probably a stowaway on an aeroplane in the undercarriage. And it, as it came into Edinburgh, it opened out. He'd be lying there reading his Playboy and get the fright of his life. <laughs> Deed. And I think that's a terrible shame. And the nurses were saying, oh, he's probably one of these romantic Spaniards coming over here to meet a nice Scottish girl. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm terrified of flying. And before I fly, I have four or five pints of the foaming ale. 
and four or five little whiskies, sometimes known as nippy sweeties. <laughs> By the time I've had them, I'm everybody's pal and I'm game for anything. Ding dong, the next flight to... Ah, oh, that's mine! Hey, hey! Running, first in the queue. <laughs> Here we go! Up the gangway steps two at a time. Oh, no problem. How's your wearing Havana? People go upset, you see. And away down the aisle of the air. You know, no matter how early you go on your airplane, there's always these wee men with the briefcases and the white knuckles. <laughs> sitting, sitting at the side of the aisle. The wee briefcases and the wee bony fingers and the white knuckles. You say, is that a bomb? Shut your face, you. <laughs> oh, okay. I want a windy seat. Oh, <laughs> Climbing over people, getting to the windy. Drunk and making a complete fool of yourself. Sit at the windy. Oh, this is a game, isn't it? Oh, look at that. The people look just like ants, don't they? See, the other ants were no way yet, John. Oh, well, fair enough. Oh, proceed to make a right idiot of yourself. Get two wrong ends of safety belt, two buckles. <laughs> Tie it in a knot and go to sleep. <laughs> so the guy next to you has to pinch the buckle for the guy next to him. Whoop! <laughs> Click! And he goes to sleep as well. The guy at the end's left with one bit of seat belt. <laughs> no buckle. Has to tie it around his leg. <laughs> Kid on, he's sleeping in the knot. And then, whoop! Off you go. You're up there. <laughs> Reading the safety instructions. <laughs> they gave you a safety belt and a cushion. What's a cushion for? You, you're supposed to tuck it under your body and bend over it with your wee silly belt on. Now, supposing you're heading for a mountain at 500 miles an hour. Oh! With your safety belt and your cushion in your hand. <laughs> what do you do with your cushion? Do you all throw it at the one time <laughs> and you say, Go away, nasty mountain! <laughs> That's what you do. Now you've also, if you read the instructions, got a life belt under your seat, a safety jacket. A life jacket tucked under your seat. That's fair enough. I fancy a parachute myself. <laughs> but you get a life jacket. And that's magic, isn't it? So you're heading for Manchester like that, vertically. Boom! About 600 miles an hour towards Manchester in a straight line. Whoosh! With your life jacket all blown up. <laughs> Say to the bloke next to you, hey, I hope it's raining, eh? <laughs> Shouting to the pilot, hey, Jimmy, aim for a puddle, would you? <laughs> it's just no funny, really. So you're 20 minutes into the air, and because you've been drinking, you need to pee again. So you get out your seat, 
after spilling coffee over the other two guys, away up to the toilet, and you find that the toilet's a triangular wee thing with no windows. And I don't like that when there's no windows. Because when you close the door, you don't know what direction you're going in. And there's no reason why they shouldn't have a window. I mean, it's not as if anybody can see in. <laughs> so you do a wee-wee. Or perchance a jobby. <laughs> Some people jobby all the time. Personally, I've never been known to jobby. People in, people in show business and royalty never ever do jobbies. <laughs> so you do your pee-pee, perchance a jobby. Everyone's all over, you wash your hands, tidy yourself up, you're about to walk out and then you say, oh dear, and you look for the thing to flush the thing. <laughs> Can't find it, and then eventually you see written on the underside of the seat, to flush, close lid. So you close the lid, and you go to walk out, and then you say, oh wait a minute, and you go back and have a wee look. <laughs> Just to see that it's away. <laughs> this wee jobby. Because there's nothing worse in this world. If you've travelled in British Rail, you'll know this. There's nothing worse than going into a toilet, locking the door, turning round and finding that there's a wee jobby in <laughs> Somebody else's. <laughs> British Rail's terrible for that. <laughs> so you flush and flush and it won't go away. <laughs> so you try to batter it to death with paper towels. <laughs> and it still won't go away. This wee beige jobby. <laughs> this wee smiling thing. And you don't want to bear your bum to it. I don't know why, it's not going to bite you. <laughs> but you don't want to. And you can't leave. Because if you go to leave and there's a guy outside, you can hardly say, honest Jimmy, it's no mine. <laughs> because he's going to say, oh, it's not yours, how do you know? It's yours, you're naming it or something. See, so back to the plane. You have a wee check, just to make sure everything's okey-dokey. And then you come out. Now, I've, I've done this a few times. And then I begin to wonder. I wonder where it goes. <laughs> you know, in an aeroplane. A job here, a wee-wee. Where did it go? And a, a guy said, oh... This intellectual friend of mine said, Oh, they go into a big tank, and when the plane gets to its destination, they take the tank away and get rid of it. Well, I don't believe that. Because <laughs> you get 300 people in a jumbo jet for seven hours. It's a lot jobby. <laughs> okay, I give in, where's the tank? With that amount of people, for that amount of time, You'd need another jumbo jet behind you. <laughs> so I've come to the conclusion that they wheek it out into the sky. Wheek! 
And I know this is true because I was watching Tomorrow's World one night. And this man was on and he had just invented a thing called a jobby weaker. A jobby weaker. This is true. It's a sort of ladle on a spring. And it's tucked under the toilet seat. And as soon as you close the lid, the lid? As soon as you close the lid, whew! Away it goes. And there's something lovely and natural about that. Because it comes out of the aeroplane and splashes into the water. And along comes a fish. Swim it, he swim. Sees the jobby. Oh, yes. Hungrity, hungrity. Munchity, crunchity. Along comes a fisherman. Rowity boat. Nettity fling. Catchity fishy Entity boat. Rowity him. Sellity fish. You come along. Biety fish. Munchity crunchity. Then you go into an aeroplane. <laughs> and natural like you know but the only reason I get frightened is because the aforesaid jobby quicker was invented by a human being it is therefore fallible and can be changed by a human being a wee turn with a spanner a bash with a hammer and it might not weak the jobby away it might weak you away grab your wee pink bum and away you go and I've no intention of skating across the sky with my trousers at my ankle. I mean, you don't know where you're going to land. Maybe you're on street. People come along and say, hello, Billy, thought you were going away. Your bum on a skin. Do you know what I mean? No. My theory is that that Spanish chap I was... Remember the Spanish chap? <laughs> Well, my theory is that he went to the toilet, not the undercarriage of the aeroplane. And this is a song about it. Please help me, I'm falling in love with you. Hello, to you, hello, to you, hello, to you. Just dropped in to see you. Right out of the blue Alertie, alertie I don't want to make love to you Just one kiss will do Please help me, I'm falling In love with Yodly, yodel Country western noises Yodly
You are listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. As this week, in honour of his 79th birthday this, earlier this year, I'm presenting to you Billy Connolly. Let's get back to him, shall we? For a long time, I, 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 I wanted to make a hit record, a hit single. You know, it was my life's ambition to have a, a hit single. Well, not so much a hit in the charts, but to have a, a wee trendy looking single. A wee single and a wee packet with my picture on it. Shows I could leave it in buses. <laughs> and as I was going off, somebody would say, Hey, Jimmy, you left her. Oh, my hit record! <laughs> Flash, flash. Leave it in places. Oh, oops! I nearly forgot my single hit record! <laughs> I mean, get a picture on it, nobody can deny it's yours. So, I went up to the head of the record company, Nathan Joseph, and I said, Have oh, I made a record in that? No, single that. I might have made a hit single, and he went, oh, really? <laughs> oh, I said, oh, come on. And he said, he told me I was too old, because all the people who are making hits are about 14, all those wee guys. So I'm going to go away and get an operation. I'm going to get cut off at the knees. I'm going to get a haircut and a shave. And I'm going to go and get an acne transplant. <laughs> and I'm going to get my plugs back. And this is, this is going to be my big hit single. I'll be your short-haired police cadet for Mary Hill. I'll catch you no matter what you do. If I see you smoking hashish up a close Or if you mug your granny you won't get away And if I see you winching in a dunny my boy You can be sure I'll take down everything you say Cause I'm your short hair police cadet for Mary Hill I'll catch you no matter what you do I'll be your short arse chunky bit Shettleston I'll be your mini donji man We'll do the hokey-cokey and the Charleston And on the building site I'll even bile your can We'll play at Deadly Wings and Ludo and Monopoly And if you shows your bum I'll even let you win I'll be your short arse Shettleston. You'll be my corporation clippy Fick and There's a tune on the banjo But it's a different kind of tune I learned it from a fellow called Harry Campbell who went to banjo lessons with me and he was about 70 <laughs> and he was trying to sort of take it up as a hobby but he'd been a minor and his fingers were very stiff and things and he, he didn't quite make it so he stopped the lessons after a couple of weeks and disappeared and I didn't see him again for a couple of years and then one night I went out for a drink 
as is my wont of an evening, and I went to Anderson down at the dockside. Sort of Anderson's a sort of quaint fishing village in the Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was having a pain, and I heard the, the <laughs> banjo noise for the lounge. And I took a wee look in, and there was the cabaret, Harry Campbell, <laughs> sitting with his banjo on the spotlight. And he was playing, and I seriously thought he was a comedy turn. <laughs> because of the things he was doing, and I, I, I thought it was really funny. I was going, ah, look at that! Oh, that's magic, isn't it? Oh! This couple of new ones laughing. <laughs> One of these hard cases, friends of his, sitting at the front. simple things like punching you in the nose or anything. The way to go for chips and the ambush. <laughs> True. Tell me a story. There's a guy called Willie McQuaid. He's a friend of mine. And he was in and he lives in Anderson as a matter of fact, but he was coming home one day drunk. And he had a fish supper in one hand and a bottle of iron brew in his pocket. <laughs> sticking out. A gunfighter. <laughs> Stag him down through Anderson. And he came round the corner eating his chips. And he saw four enormous hard men beating up a wee man in the street. Four gorillas. Pick him up, I want you to put the heat in him. <laughs> Got up his mother. 
back to the bachelor plan. <laughs> Well, I stayed behind with Colonel's friend, you know. So I stayed behind until I could talk to him, and he remembered me. And we made you know, lots of friends and everything. And uh, this is one of the tunes he played. I would like to play the way he played it. You see, the reason I thought he was funny is because when he was playing tunes, and he came to a bit that he didn't know, he just stopped playing and sang the bit. <laughs> I'd like to play with this one. It's called The World's Waiting for the Sunrise. It was written in the 30s. This is the 70s, we're still waiting. <laughs> first came onto the folk scene in Glasgow, most people were singing Aberdonian bothy ballad things. And all the wee Glasgow guys were practicing their Aberdeen accents, you know. And going on, so they all sang like that. And it was bloody murder. Really. And even I was practicing. Oh no. And then one day a blues caravan came to Glasgow with big mammoth mountain and all sorts of people. And everybody went, Oh yeah, oh yeah and ran out and bought Czechoslovakian guitars and ran home to practice Mississippi accents, you see. And the result was quite astounding. And I have an example here. This is called Govan Dunny Blues. That's garlic for, oh yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the last I've got a bone. 
We're mixing these swizzles and whiskey too. <laughs> See, I lived in Mary Hill and we're all pill heads, you know. Like Dexedrine and, and Man what's it, Mandrex? I used to think he was a magician. <laughs> you know. Telling lies, telling lies You've been telling lies Tuesday morning, nothing's changed And time drifts slowly by You know his number's in the book Perhaps it's time you tried Time you tried 
it's time you tried Oh, how you gonna make it till the weekend Oh, how you gonna make it till the end Tell me how you're gonna make it till the weekend If you can't find a friend Wednesday looks like Thursday and you know you need a rest But Friday brings the money, baby That's what you like best, you like best That's what you like best You have been listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. In a tribute to Billy Connolly, who was 79, on the 24th of November this year. That's all for this week, folks. So until I speak to you again next week, this is Fred Stevens saying, keep smiling. We've got some half-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie LPs, all games, gold chains, worst names, and had a push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll come prices at a straw. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.